The Daring Dashwood Mercenary Company proudly presents Wasteland Active Radio. and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond and between, welcome, welcome, welcome back, dear listeners, to Wasteland Active Radio. As always, and once again, I'm your gracious host, Crispy, reporting to you from the Iowa Wastelands with Major Walsh's Forward Operations Team, 19th Division. Now, hopefully you've been listening to the recordings I've uploaded to the Satellite Network, but if you haven't, here's a quick rundown of things. After getting captured by Cutler, we were taken to Bloody Shannon's vault in the red wastes of Minnesota to be tortured to death. Luckily, there was a plot to overthrow Bloody Shannon in progress, and we escaped with the help of one of the conspirators and made a new friend in Choban. From there, we traveled to Little Drink and got into some legal trouble, but we did our time and made our way south and east where we were pinned down by three people from the Brotherhood of Steel and a pair of super mutants. Luckily for us, Captain Holtz and his team of scouts serving under Major Walsh found us and got us out of there. After some dealings, my friends and I are privately contracted with the Dashwoods as they take the fight to Macklin and his army of super mutants. That's pretty much all you need to be caught up. So, here we go. In today's weather, Bucket tells us how bad the weather is going to get as we enter the middle of November. Johnny, in a new segment, teaches us how to get the most out of our technology. Shoban, in another new segment, teaches us how to stay alive in the wasteland. After a music break, Atlas interviews someone on the scene, and I will have a special guest in today's open table interview. So, without further ado, let's get on with the show! Woo! In today's announcements, I am proud to announce that we have two, technically three, new segments. The first segment is Tech Tips with Johnny, our resident robotics and technology expert. Johnny will teach you whatever you may need to scavenge, scrap, repair, and recycle any old-world tech that you may find. If you find your laser pistol isn't burning quite hot enough, or your robot is running far worse with every step it takes, then Johnny's Tech Tips is just what you need. Tech Tips will be presented just after local news every week. Now, it is Johnny's first time actually presenting for the show, so let's give him plenty of support. Next up, we have another new segment. Wasteland Health with Chauvin. Chauvin, our medical prodigy and privately contracted medic, will teach you how to keep yourself alive in the wastelands. If you've ever been shot, stabbed, burned, broken, bludgeoned, or battered, Chauvin knows exactly how to put you back together. She'll teach you how to treat injuries and illness, prevent infection, tell you what medicines work best for what affliction, and even how to make some medicines with materials found in the wasteland. Like Johnny, it's not only the first time that Choban will be presenting something, but it will also be her first time on air. So let's get the both of them plenty of support. Wasteland Health will be starting right after Tech Tips and before the music break. As for the music break, that's when I'll be stepping off mic and leaving you with some tunes to take in while I prepare for the back half of the show. 
Unfortunately, due to the war effort and me running out of pre-recorded ads, we will be cutting the advertisement segment. The pre-war ads were entertaining, but since we're not getting any money from current ads, there just isn't much of a reason to keep advertising. Honestly, I would have lost my mind if I'd heard a radio station make an announcement like this back before the war. Jamming out some music just to get interrupted by an ad always took me out of it, so I personally see the lack of ads as a good thing. Anyway, that's all the announcements I have for now, so let's go over to Bucket for this week's weather. Bucket, activate. Acknowledged. Awaiting instructions. Whoa, what's up with the accent, Bucket? Software integration error detected. Hardware integration error detected. Debugging in progress. Are you still going to be able to do the weather? Affirmative. Well, before we begin, after consulting with the rest of the crew and some of our listeners, we've come to the conclusion that weather is... boring. So, to pep things up, we're going to do the current weather and weather for the next two days. We'll of course be updating weather throughout our daily music broadcasts, but for the big show, we'll be keeping it snappy and quicker. You're welcome. So, with that in mind, Bucket, forecast the weather. Acknowledged. Beginning weather forecast for the week of 30th of November, 2287. Currently, the temperature is 7.2 degrees Celsius, with a high of 8.3 degrees and a low of 4.4 degrees. 10% humidity, partly cloudy. Thursday, the temperature will have a high of 4.8 degrees, with a low of 4 degrees. 16% humidity. Overcast with light winds. Friday, the temperature will have a high of 5.2 degrees, with a low of 4.9 degrees. 18% humidity. Overcast with light winds and light snow. The estimated weekly radiation level is... Condition orange. High levels of radiation expected throughout the week. Travel not advised. Forecast complete. Performing diagnostics and printing satellite scans. Let's see what you got here. Oof. We got some blizzards and rat storms coming up, so make sure to bundle up and get your rat and rat away ready. I gotta say, though, you didn't have a single glitch through all of that. Maybe your errors are balancing each other out. Oh, blimey. You think so, Gulf? I'm chuffed as chips. Uh, never mind. That's all I got for you, Bucket. All right. I'm off. Cheerio. Gotta tell Johnny about that later. Hopefully Bucket's self-debugging is able to take care of that. Anyway, snow and radiation storms. Man, we're going to have one heck of a time this week. Hope things are better next week, but we'll just have to see. Stay safe out there, everybody, and always remember to carry some Rad X and Rad Away on you. With weather out of the way, let's move on to local news. In today's local news, the Daring Dashwoods Forward Operations Unit, led by Major Walsh, are still in Iowa after securing Strawberry Point. The previous week, hostile super mutants had been found in the area bearing the mark of Macklin's army. For those out of the know, Macklin's army sports the Omega symbol with the skull inside of it. For those who don't know what the Omega symbol is, it's like a horseshoe with the opening at the bottom. For those who don't know what a horse is, those are the four-legged things that run around the Midwest using their fangs to rip open the throats of their prey. Eh, Back on track. If you've seen any super mutants bearing this mark, we ask that you report this information to the nearest Daring Dashwood outpost so that we can help to secure the wasteland. In other news, and this is less official, 
When my crew and I met up with Major Walsh's group, we were pinned down between a pair of super mutants and a trio of members of the Brotherhood of Steel. For those who don't know, the Brotherhood of Steel is effectively a militaristic group that seeks to procure as much old world technology as they can to supposedly keep it out of the wrong hands. They also don't look too kindly on ghouls, super mutants, and any other unnatural creatures, as they call them. Anyway, during our confrontation with the Brotherhood of Steel members, they were injured and incapacitated before the Dashwoods arrived. The Dashwoods took them into custody and have been questioning them while they heal from their injuries and, as such, have been moved up with Major Walsh's forward operations camp. I've been told that they're recovering well and are likely going to be released before the end of the week. The Brotherhood members were questioned about what they were doing out here, but did not share any information. Since they're not prisoners, they have been given permission to stay within the camp until they leave. Personally, I wasn't too keen on the Brotherhood to begin with due to my experiences with them during my stint in the Capital Wasteland, especially after they effectively sent me to the Ash Flats to die. Not important. Regardless, they're free to go once they're well enough to travel. Yay. In our final piece of news, the Dashwoods have been pushing more and more units forward, though they have yet to face any large number of super mutants. The most they've dealt with are some groups of super mutant scouts and the occasional raiding parties sent out to collect people to turn into super mutants using Macklin's stores of the forced evolutionary virus. So far, the Dashwoods have managed to wipe out these groups and free any people taken by the super mutants. While this is good news so far, the Dashwoods are expecting to face greater resistance as they push further west towards the Rockies. While Macklin's forces are certainly formidable, the Dashwoods are confident that they can handle whatever Macklin can throw at us. That's all for today's local news, so let's move on to our first new segment, Tech Tips with Johnny. Johnny, can you hear me? I sure can, Crispy. This wireless radio transmitter is great. Thanks, they're my specialty. Anyway, would you like to introduce the segment? Of course. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Tech Tips. I'll be your host, Jonathan Windsor, and I'm here to teach you how to repair, maintain, and scavenge machines, computers, robots, and other pieces of technology. And what do you have for us today, Johnny? I'm glad you asked. Today, I'm going to teach you how to repurpose a General Atomics robot-mounted laser into a proper laser rifle, and I'll even teach you some simple modifications, too. So, to begin, we'll need to open the casing. To do that, there are eight screws keeping it closed. We'll remove those like so. And set them aside. Always keep your screws, even if you don't plan on using the rest of whatever you're salvaging. You never know when you need a good screw. Tell me about it. Oops, forgot to mute myself. Sorry. Uh... Anyway, now that we've got the casing off, you should see a metal tube with a lens on the front and a series of wires on the back that lead to the power supply. This is the laser we'll need. Now, we need to remove the wires from the power supply. Normally they're soldered on, so you'll need to remove the solder. If you're not too concerned with the length of the wires, you can just clip them like I'm going to do so here. Normally, I'd use a solder sucker and a soldering iron, but General Atomics kept their wires long to make repairs easier, so I'll have plenty to work with. Now that we've got the wires removed, there are four screws keeping the laser mounted, so we'll remove those.
and gently remove the laser. We'll set the laser aside, preferably on a soft surface like a clean rag. With that out of the way, I've already built a basic rifle frame, but you can do the same thing with a pistol frame just as easily. We'll open up the frame's laser mount and start with soldering the positive and negative wires to the power supply, the catalyst wire to the trigger mechanism, and the ground wire to the grounding. And now, we'll gently lower the laser onto the mount and, using the screws we took from the Mr. Handy arm, we'll screw them in starting at one corner and moving to the opposite corner, and doing the same for the other side. We'll tighten them up until they're firmly in place, but not too tight. If the laser shifts at all, continue tightening the screws until it stops. Next, we'll test the alignment. There is a low-power test switch that comes pre-installed on factory-made laser weaponry, but you can create your own by soldering a potentiometer between the laser and the power source. The low-power test causes a laser to produce a solid laser no stronger than your typical laser pointer. So, once you've activated the test mode, hold it as you would a normal laser weapon and take aim at a target. Once you've got it all lined up, you can insert any prism or additional lenses. Now that we've got the basics out of the way, let's talk about mods. There are plenty of different and relatively simple modifications you can make to your laser weaponry. The easiest mods to install are lens mods. In this case, I'm going to add a focusing lens to increase the effective range. However, you can use a splitter prism to create a scatter effect, or, if you happen to know how to program one, a gyroscopic targeting muzzle. Now, as for the in-barrel mods, if you're using a prefabricated frame, they already come with mounting ridges. But in this case, I've built my own. Even without these ridges, you can place the lenses or prisms in an appropriately sized rubber ring that fits snugly in the barrel. Just make sure to keep it as level as possible and do a few more low power tests. With that done, let's close it up and see how we did. Don't forget your screws. And there we go. How about a quick test shot? Ready? Uh, is that a good idea, Johnny? Fire! Uh-oh, uh, listeners, always remember to have a Class C fire extinguisher on hand. Well, that's all I have for today. This has been Tech Tips with Johnny. Remember, safety first. All right, then. Thanks, Johnny. Now let's move on to our next segment, Wasteland Health with Shoban. Shoban, do you hear me? Loud and clear. Great. Go ahead and introduce the segment. All right. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to Wasteland Health. I'm your host, Shoban. Yay. I'm here to show you how to treat injuries and illness while traveling in the wasteland. That's great. What do you have for us today? One of the most common injuries these days are bullet wounds. You can usually take care of a bullet wound or two with a well-placed stim pack. But what do you do when you're out of stim packs? Wah, wah, wah. Well, I'm here to tell you, with a little help from my 
patient here. What's your name? Uh, I'm Private Martin Miller. Is the, uh, is the doctor all right with this? I'm the doctor. And yes, I'm okay with it. So, where were you shot? My shoulder. All right. First things first. We need to clear the injury of any obstruction. In this case, your uniform. Uh, stay still. Uh, is that all right? You're just cutting away by fatigues. It's fine. I've been told you can requisition a new one. Besides, with all this blood, are you really going to wear it again anytime soon? I, I guess not. Hmm, then stop it. So, how'd you get shot? I was with Captain Holtz. We just found a super mutant scouting party. The captain had us set up to take them out from a distance with our rifles. I forgot to turn off my laser sight. Mutants saw me and started shooting. <sighs> Smooth move. All right. Looks like you already stuffed some gauze in there. Good move. It's soaked through, so let's get you hooked up to a blood bag. Looks like your blood type is... Be positive. <laughs> so, while I'm doing this, unless you have a stim pack, do not try and remove the bullet without a means of performing a blood transfusion. You will bleed out, and you will die. <laughs> Let's get a vein ready. The easiest way to find a good vein is to use a tourniquet wrapped tightly around the arm. Rubber straps or tubing is best, but anything that stays tightly on the arm should work. Once you got a vein, inject the hypodermic needle lengthwise into the vein. Ow! Oh, I swear I'm surrounded by babies. <clears throat> Once you've got the needle in, remove the tourniquet. And as long as the blood starts flowing properly, you're good to get started. If the area around the injection site starts to swell, you probably fuck. Language. Ugh, right. Anyway, if it starts to swell, you either miss the vein or went through it. In that case, remove the needle and try again. Now, let's move on to the bullet wound. Here, bite this. Huh? Okay. We'll use some isopropyl alcohol to disinfect the area. <laughs> now, I'm gonna use a pair of forceps to remove the bullet and any other bits of shrapnel. Wait, oh, anesthetic. Your file says you're allergic to medics. <sighs> Sorry, but this is gonna hurt a lot. Now, lay back and stay still. 
Forceps are the ideal tool for this job, but you can also use a pair of needle nose pliers in a pinch, so long as you make sure that they're sterile. You never want to use a knife because they'll just make the wound worse. You try to just pull it out. Ah, there we go. It doesn't look like there was any fragmentation, and it didn't hit bone. So, the wound should be clear of any debris. We'll hit it with some more rubbing alcohol. <laughs> now that we've got the wound disinfected and free of debris, it's time to stitch it closed. Oh no. Oftentimes, as long as the bullet hasn't hit bone, it'll just go all the way through. Generally, that results in less damage overall. In this case, mm -hmm, it looks like whoever shot you was pretty far away since the bullet only went a few inches in. Okay, so before we start stitching, make sure that your needle and sutures are sterilized. The easiest way to sterilize your equipment is to boil it in clean water. Once you've got your needle and your sutures ready, it's time to start stitching. <laughs> Using a curved needle, start in the center of the wound, piercing the skin about a quarter inch from the wound, down through the dermis, through the wound, and up through the skin. Once again, leaving a quarter inch of space. Pull a few inches of the suture through. Use your forceps or other similar tool to grab the end of the suture while wrapping the other side of the suture around the end of the forceps. Pulling the forceps through the loop you make and pulling the wound close. Repeat this twice and clip the excess off of the suture. Repeat this process about a half inch above or below the center until the wound is completely closed. And just like that, ta-da! You've performed a simple interrupted suture. Disinfect the area, cover it with the clean gauze, and there you go! Oh, thank God, it's over. Oh, quit being such a baby. Would you rather have a gaping bullet wound? <laughs> no. As far as aftercare goes, keep the area clean, make sure to change the gauze regularly, and don't play with or pick at the stitches. Depending on how bad the wound is, the stitches will need to be removed anywhere between 3 to 21 days. Since it's on your shoulder, come back in a week and it should be time to remove them. Congratulations! You now know the basics to dealing with a bullet wound. That was interesting.
Good work, Shoban. Hey, thanks. Well, that's all I have for you today. This has been Wasteland Pop with Shoban. Don't get yourself killed out there. Solid advice. Well, I think that was a great intro for our new segments. Don't you think so too, dear listeners? Well, it looks like it's time for today's music break. I'll be leaving you with the sultry tunes of one of the greatest crooners of all time, Frank Sinatra performing Fly Me to the Moon. Enjoy. Hey, Johnny, Shoban, good work today. Thanks, Crispy. I don't get why I can't say shit. Language? We're not on air! True, but it's a good habit to get into. Man, ugh, this is bullshit. Crap. Sorry, part of the guidelines we had to follow was keep the harsh language to a minimum. Trust me, they're being far more lenient than the FCC back in the day. It's gonna slip out eventually. Yeah, good point. Oh man, I should look into installing a sensor module. Ugh, I hate those things. There you are. I am ready to reprise my role as the Grand Master of Ceremonies for On the Scene. Great. Here's your mic. You remember how to- Yes, yes. Just hand it over. Grand Master of Ceremonies. Is that what GMC stands for? Oh, you finally managed to decipher my acronym. Good for you. Do you need some toilet paper? Excuse me? I asked if you need some toilet paper. (laughs) Your face must be getting pretty dirty with all the shit. (laughs) Crap. You keep talking. (laughs) Foul children. So, Atlas... How was your patrol? Thankfully, it was mostly uneventful. We encountered signs of super mutant activity in the area, but none of Macklin's simpletons. Good to know that we're going in the right direction. When do you think we'll start facing greater opposition? The bulk of Macklin's forces are likely stationed within the Rocky Mountains. However, The scouts and raiding parties are vital to maintaining their numbers. We'll find more of them further west. So what? They just snatch people? Drag them off and toss them into a vat of that virus or whatever? Simply put for simpletons. But yes, that is effectively what they do. Being fully immersed in non-diluted FEV, however, is more likely to simply kill you. Though, being fully immersed was what led to the Master's creation. Uh, Who? The Master. He created the first of the true super mutants. Macklin once served him before the Master was destroyed. Macklin now believes that he inherited the Master's will of turning all of humanity into super mutants. Don't you have a similar dream? Yes, 
but only if the FEV was 100% effective and allowed the infected to retain their intelligence. Macklin has gathered strains from across the wastes, combining them haphazardly into a far less effective version of itself. Were the virus perfected, I would push all of humanity to become super mutants. Uh, screw that! Who the hell would willingly turn themselves into a big, green eyesore? Well, it would make surviving the wasteland significantly easier. Considering the resistance to radiation, augmented healing factor, and incredible strength, it does seem like the next logical step in human evolution. See? Jonathan understands. That being said, but isn't sterility a main flaw of the forced evolutionary virus? Uh, yes, that is true. So you pretty much want to doom humanity to dying off slowly. Ugh, great plan, smooth brain. Uh, I did take that into account. We would- Nobody here is down with human farms, Atlas. Well... It would solve the problem. Johnny! Wait, I'm not advocating for it. Logically speaking, it does make sense, but it's clearly unethical. Logic and ethics don't always go hand in hand. A perfected forced evolutionary virus would save this world, creating a new apex for humanity. Until the aliens attack. Oh, absolutely. Nerds. Hello. Hey, Dave. What do you think about turning everybody into super mutants, but keeping human farms to breed more potential super mutants? Uh, hello. Hey, where are you going, Dave? <sighs> you know what? For once, he might have the right idea. Oh, uh, Johnny, want to go and practice some knife fighting again? Sure, but do we have to use real knives? I almost lost my eye last time. You're never gonna get better if you're afraid of getting cut. Ugh, come on. Okay. Ah, those crazy kids. So, Atlas, ready to get back out there and reclaim your rightful place as host of On the Scene? Absolutely. Yeah, get pumped. Woo! Come on, do it with me. Do what? Woo! Woo? Woo! Woo. Come on, put some energy into it. Woo! Woo! Louder! Woo! Louder! Woo! Woo! Now get out there and do the best damn interview of your life. Woo! 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 <laughs> All right. Welcome back, dear listeners, to Wasteland Active Radio. You've just listened to If I Didn't Care by the Ink Spots. Man, I love the Ink Spots. Really harkens back to the days of the old crooners. Anyway, I'm your host, Crispy, back behind the mic after a little break. And it's time for today's installment of On the Scene with Atlas. Atlas, you hear me? I hear you. What do you got for us today, Atlas? I'm here with the leader of the 19th Division Scouts. Please, introduce yourself. Uh, hello. 
I'm Captain Joseph Holtz, leader of the scouts for Major Walsh's Forward Operations Division. And how are you doing today? I'm okay. A little hungry, I guess. Could use a shower. I see. So, what are your responsibilities with the scouts? Well, we're responsible for scouting ahead for this division, and by extension, the rest of the Dashwoods that follow our paths. We seek out the best ways to move our troops through the wasteland and press the front, as well as threat assessment. If we encounter resistance while scouting, we have the authority to take care of the threat ourselves. I see. I've been instructed that I'm not allowed to discuss current scouting efforts, but paths that have already been laid in our open information. Your scouts have a cartographer, correct? That's right. Specialist Sergeant Jackson. She's our resident cartographer. I've seen her work. It's incredibly detailed. <laughs> it sure is. Sergeant Jackson is probably the best cartographer I've ever worked with. I'm happy to have her with us. Indeed. In order to get here, you passed through the Ash Flats and into Davenport, correct? Yep. We even stopped by the ruins of Outpost 17 to... pay our respects to General Taft. Yes. Station Hill. <clears throat> so... You mapped out your entire path here? We did. Those maps have been copied and passed back to allow the Dashwoods following in our wake to make their way to the front quicker and easier. A wise plan. We have yet to see any major resistance as we press the front. If we encounter overwhelming odds, what is the plan? Well, thanks to your friend, the communications contractor, we finally have working radios and report to Major Walsh from our position. We'll report our findings and wait for orders. Actually, I'm not sure I should be saying this over the radio. That is a fair point. Let's change subjects. What are your thoughts on the war? Now, don't get me wrong. I understand that this war is necessary and, most likely, unavoidable. That Nightkin and his army of super mutants they've been doing to people across the wastes, we can't leave that call unanswered. That being said, I really don't enjoy violence. You're a soldier, aren't you? I understand where you're coming from, but I joined the Dashwood so I could support my family, not so I could fight. You have a family? I do. My wife, Sandy, and our kids, Michael and Lisa. I left them back in the Oland wastes with their parents and my sister, Mary. Majority of the money I earn goes to them. I believe most people would see that as admirable. Uh, I guess. So you are fighting for them? Of course. They mean everything to me. But I don't just do it for them. I may not like fighting or killing. Hell, I don't even like hunting. But if it means that the wasteland is a little safer, then it's all worth it to me. My sister and I... Lost our parents to raiders when I was 14. I don't want anyone else to have to go through that. Raiders are a plague on this world. Now, you've made it clear that you dislike fighting. How do you feel about fighting a war in the winter? Yeah, 
That's two big things I don't like right there. War and cold weather. The weather is absolutely going to make things harder for us, but we're well prepared supply-wise, and with General Roosevelt leading us, I am confident we can persevere against Macklin's army. I've heard a few things about this General Roosevelt. What can you tell me about him? Well, while General Taft preferred to lead from the front, acting as a spear against our enemies, General Roosevelt's far more calculating, more tactical. There are strategies he's devised that they teach Dashwood officers during their training. His battalion of around 250 Dashwoods managed to completely wipe out Proud Company and liberate Tennessee, all while being outnumbered 30 to 1. This was all due to General Roosevelt's strategies, ruthless as they were. What do you mean by ruthless? It was a months-long series of guerrilla warfare and hit-and-run tactics. Once Roosevelt's battalion managed to seize their capital, no quarter was given to any of Proud Company's soldiers, even those who surrendered. Uh, that doesn't seem in line with the Dashwood Code of Ethics. You're right. And it caused a hell of a lot of conflict among the colonels, some of them even calling for Roosevelt to be court-martialed. In the end, General Taft silenced the arguments, citing that the actions of the Proud Company, their use of slavery, eugenics, and general disregard for the lives of other humans based on their ethnicity warranted such extreme measures. I... I suppose I can see the logic there. In General Taft's words, hate has no place in this world. In order for humanity to flourish, we have to stomp out the poison that is hatred, bigotry. General Roosevelt's actions in Tennessee are still controversial to this day, but you'll be hard-pressed to find a Dashwood who would completely condemn him. I understand. How does Tennessee fare these days? I haven't been there myself, but from what I've heard, most people there are distrusting of us at best. Hostile at worst. That being said, I think General Roosevelt did the right thing, and I'm sure the people he liberated would agree. I'm sure they would. So, due to the fact that I'm writing my own questions, and no longer have to deal with the ghoul writing inane questions into my lineup, I only have two more questions for you. First, do you read often? Beyond reports and letters from my wife? Yes. Not often, especially now. Back when I was in training, I'd read whatever I could find, though. I see. Final question. What is your favorite book? Oh, hands down, The Odyssey by Homer. I still read my copy at least once a year. The soldier leaving his family behind as he goes off to war, returning home to find that, despite all the suitors, his wife has stayed faithful, resonates with me, I guess. A fine piece of literature. I believe you and I will get along just fine. Well, that's all for this installment of On the Scene. I have been your Grand Master of Ceremonies, Atlas. You're welcome. Back to you, ghoul. Thanks, Atlas. That was a great interview. Wouldn't you agree, dear listeners? It was definitely worth letting Atlas write his own questions. 
He's really come a long way since shouting at the guests back in Station Hill. Well, we're getting near to the end of today's episode, but we're not quite done yet. It's time for today's Open Table, hosted by myself. Today, I'll be interviewing Scribe Michael Lanning of the Brotherhood of Steel. Come on in and take a seat, Michael. Uh, okay. So, now what? You asked me some questions? Yep. Before that, though, I gotta say I'm surprised you agreed to let me interview you to begin with. And I'm surprised you approached me after what my comrades and I did to you and your friends. Why bother? Uh, Mostly curiosity. See, I used to work with the Brotherhood of Steel back in D.C. I was interning at Galaxy News Radio a little bit before Elder Lyons died and Maxon took over. I wanted to see how much the Brotherhood had changed, if at all, since I was, you know, sent out to the Ash Flats under false pretenses. Yes, well, Elder Maxon shifted his chapter's focus to the Boston Commonwealth and the Institute. Our DC presence has... Well, there are far fewer of us there now. Interesting, interesting. So, considering your paladin friends sitting in our medical tent, I see their views on ghouls and super mutants hasn't changed. But that's not important right now. You and your allies tried to kill us in Strawberry Point, right? That's... that's right. Mind if I ask what you were doing there? I'll tell you what I told those mercenaries. We were sent out here to investigate reports of super mutant sightings in the Midwest. As you've seen, we have confirmed those reports. That is true. The thing is, why were there only three of you? I know that Brotherhood patrols are kept pretty small, what with the power armor and heavy weaponry, but for something as far away and as important as this, three people doesn't seem like enough. Okay then. What chapter are you from anyway? We're from the East Coast chapter, under Elder Maxon's control. Really? Considering where we found you, I was going to guess the Chicago chapter. The Brotherhood of Steel no longer recognizes the Chicago detachment. What? Why? They've broken the tenants. They began welcoming super mutants and ghouls into their ranks and sharing sensitive technology with the general population. The Chicago detachment has been considered a rogue unit for years now. How do you feel about it? I... I think it was a bad idea. The Brotherhood's image in the Wasteland has, in my opinion, faltered. I don't believe that the Brotherhood was founded to simply hoard technology and go to war. We could be doing so much more to improve the world. But the Elders, uh, I... I almost went too far there. We're... We're never going to maintain a cohesive presence if we continue to fight amongst ourselves. These fights over recruiting from outside of the Brotherhood, over using our technology to improve the lives of people trying to survive, over matters of accepting subhumans into society- Subhumans. Want to elaborate on that? Don't get me wrong. I don't hate your kind. I know for a fact that ghouls and super mutants aren't all savages and monsters. I know that they're capable of rationality and are able to live peacefully in society. Chicago is hard proof of that fact. I don't hate non-humans. I pity them. Pity? Really? They were once human before being exposed to FEV or radiation. In the case of super mutants, they had their humanity taken from them, and, in most modern cases, their minds damaged beyond repair. As for ghouls, while their genes saved them from a horrible death of by radiation, rotting away for decades, and for some, literal centuries, is 
It's bone chilling. Not to mention the ghouls who have lost their minds and went feral. It's all pitiable. The best way to remove the so-called subhuman abominations from this world is simply to allow those willing to live in peace with humanity into society, letting them run out their lifespans naturally as productive members of society. As for those that wish to destroy what we built, those too far gone to redeem, the best we can do is eliminate them for the good of all civilized people. Yeah, where was the sentiment when your friends were trying to kill us? I, uh... <clears throat> I apologize for our actions before. It's been a hard few months, and we're all that's left of our party. Paladin Howard's intolerance is inexcusable. He outranks both Night Cheek and I, so he has final say on matters. He seemed to listen to you before he got hit with that missile. Howard isn't without reason. He heard me out frequently since we started our journey home. I'd like to think he respects my opinion at this point. However, he's incredibly bullheaded and instigated our encounter with you and your allies before I had a chance to talk him out of it. Kind of like herding cats, except the cat isn't power armor and has a deadly weapon pointed at people who haven't provoked it. Yes, and I'm sorry about that. Eh, whatever. What's done is done, and nobody on our side or yours died. Hell, Shoban probably saved your paladin friend's life. Yes, she did, and I'd like to thank her for that before we leave, and apologize to the rest of your group. That's all well and good, but what's going to stop your friends from trying to kill another group like mine? Hopefully, this experience will teach them some humility, but I sense you're not just talking about us three. The Brotherhood isn't exactly known for being tolerant, and I'm putting that lightly. Sure, they're better than the Enclave, but that's like comparing a cannon to a rifle. Both are more than capable of killing you, but one's less concerned about what's surrounding you, if you get my drift. I... I understand. You're not wrong, and there are few people who would be more open to working alongside ghouls and super mutants amongst the Brotherhood. In the end, however, Elder Maxon's word is law, and we can't go against it. True, and I don't like that. So... Do you really believe that ghouls and super mutants can live peacefully with humans? I do. Well, at least there are people like you in the Brotherhood of Steel. That's a good sign. But unless you actually stand up for what you believe in, then it's all just glitter on corpses. I think I understand what you're getting at. These days, the Brotherhood of Steel is just as rigid and inflexible as their namesake. But even steel bends under enough pressure. I'll remember this conversation while I return home, and the way these mercenaries have treated us. Yeah, that's a good first step, Michael. Well, that's all the questions I have for you. Thanks for agreeing to let me interview you. You're welcome. This was... thought-provoking. I'll be taking my leave now. Yep, stay out of trouble. Well, dear listeners, that ends our open table interview for this episode. And with that, it's time to start shutting down for the day. It's great being back. Like, man... Even though we're literally going to war and working out of tents, doing the show again? <laughs> Man, it feels like coming home. This has been one wild ride of a radio show, but to me, it's all been worth it. Back on track. <clears throat> if you feel like supporting the Daring Dashwoods, you can go to any Dashwood outpost or settlement to join up. If you've got applicable skills such as navigation, medicine, gunsmithing, armorsmithing, or others, you may qualify for a private contractor position. You'll get steady pay, learn new skills, help to make the wasteland less of a waste, and we'd love to have you with us. Before I go, remember, actions may speak louder than words, but sometimes the best actions start with the right words. As always, dear listeners, this has been Wasteland Active Radio, reporting from the front. Crispy, signing off. Man, it feels good to say that again.
Wasteland Active Radio was created, written, and produced by Z. Hagen and Jay Wilson. Brought to you by the record button. The roles of Crispy, Bucket, and Private Miller are played by Mr. Wilson. The roles of Atlas and Dave are played by Mr. Hagen. The role of Johnny is played by B. Seawick. And the role of Shoban is played by Britt Egestall. Special thanks to our guests this week. A Boxwell as scribe Michael Lanning of the Brotherhood of Steel. And Mel Egestall as Captain Holtz of the Daring Dashwood Mercenary Company. Britt and Mel both run another channel called Milbert Productions. Home to all your nerdy and geeky entertainment needs. Wasteland Active Radio is set in the Fallout video game universe, owned by ZeniMax Media and Bethesda Softworks. No copyright infringement is intended. Please support the official release. Thank you for listening, and thank you for supporting the Daring Dashwood Mercenary Company. Man, that felt great. It's like slipping into a nice bathrobe and a pair of slippers. Ow! Son of a bitch! Uh, (laughs) You got me pretty good. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to cut you. Johnny, we were fighting with knives. If one of us doesn't lose a little blood, it isn't any fun. Man, that's deep. Oh, it's definitely going to leave a scar. I'm so sorry. Whoa, what happened? <laughs> Johnny managed to slip one past me while we were practicing. <laughs> Check it out! <laughs> You're getting pretty good, Johnny. I'm sorry. Stop apologizing. It's not too serious, is it? <laughs> nah, nothing a stim pack can't fix. I didn't mean to hurt you. Oh, my God. Stop apologizing. The fact that you were able to actually land a hit on me means you're getting better with the knife. This is exactly what I'm teaching you to do. But... Johnny, shut up. You're learning what I'm trying to teach. I'm proud of you. Oh, uh... Thank you? <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, <laughs> no. But I promise you. <laughs> You're never going to get one past me again. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so, Crispy, how'd we do on the show? In my opinion, you two did great. I'm hoping we get some feedback soon, but I'm sure the listeners loved it. Can't wait to hear your next segments. Hello. Uh, Hello. Hey, Dave. Long day? Oh, hello. Eh, Not having anything to shoot at sounds like a good day to me. (laughs) Hello. I finally managed to get away from Holtz. Sounded like you two were getting along. What happened? We were discussing literature when he insisted on showing me photographs of his family. 
He was practically carrying an entire scrapbook's worth of photos. That sounds nice, though. It was endearing for all of 30 seconds. It was after the 14th picture of his wife holding their children that I knew I had to find a way to escape. Ugh. Holt should be careful showing those photos off. Sounds like he's getting set up to be a lovable, if overbearing character that gets killed at the perfect moment to ruin our emotional integrity. What the hell are you talking about? Huh? Yeah, oh, nothing. Back on track. Atlas, great work with that interview. I kind of thought our time away from the show would have left you rusty, but I'll eat my piece of humble pie on that one. Hello? <sighs> Not real pie, Baldy. Aw, hello. Of course you would underestimate my talents. Now that I've been released from the shackles of you writing my questions, I can finally conduct a proper, enlightening interview. Yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. It absolutely has nothing to do with you learning to control your anger. The... Hmm. You may have a point. Relax, it's character growth. Alright, so, any ideas for next week? I think I'll do a segment on setting broken bones. I could do one on plasma weaponry. Both good ideas. Atlas, got another interview lined up? No, but I plan on finding someone before today is over. Perfect. Does anybody know when we're shipping out? The scouting team is presenting their maps to Major Walsh as we speak. We'll certainly be moving soon. Great. So until then, let's kick back and have some fun. Whoa, calm down, everybody. Let's not let things get out of hand here. Hello. I'm actually kind of tired myself. My stump is starting to feel sore, too. Sure. Talk to you later, guys. Uh, okay. Atlas? I managed to find a copy of War and Peace. I think I'll start reading that. Well, I guess that just leaves you and me, Dave. So, what should we do? We got the rest of the afternoon ahead of us. We could... I don't know, I've got a deck of playing cards. I could dig up some dice... I still remember most of the rules for Titans and Towers, so I could definitely build you a fighter. Uh... Hello. Fine, then. I'll entertain myself. Got a deck of cards? Let's play some solitaire. Ah, screw this. I'm taking a nap. <laughs> <laughs> 